Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. a haunted ass book <laughs> and it was so obviously a haunted ass book okay Be- yeah it was written by ghosts oh yeah it was it totally yeah was. and it was so obviously written by ghosts didn't elise smith yeah elise ghost was one of the- yeah. yeah something uh, one of was, them okay I, like, I see what you're saying now yeah i was like <laughs> i i you know what i this is not a shot on elise but I've been with these characters for nine books and I feel like I know them a little better than you because the characters that I got in this book were caricatures of the characters mm. that we've read for nine books. And I was a little, a little taken out because of that. And it was one of those, like, like the whole setting so far has just been like a throwaway. Like, I'm like, this is filler book. This was their uh, Nartek book. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally yeah. just thinking yeah. that. Yes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, I no, no, no! I, I love that we both went there. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, I like the whole time I'm reading it. Like, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> this is like we have the same like conversation about animorphs that every like '80s and '90s TV show had to have the episode where they went to Australia. It was just standard. <laughs> bi- this is this is the Everworld Australia episode to me. <laughs> Australia's underwater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to unload about the book so quick, but no, I was that's, like... No, it's fair. I really felt like the characters in in this one, it was it was not even so much that they were completely different from how they are, which they were a little bit different. It was that we didn't even see them. Like, we were in David's head, but it was really shallow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have the interaction. Like, the other characters were just cardboard standing. That's what... Okay, so every time Christopher or Jaleel, mostly Jaleel talk, I can't help but feel like Jaleel is sitting next to me in the audience, and we are watching an actor play Jaleel every yeah. time he speaks. Because it's like he has to, like, add an... Oh, and and I'm the smart one, by the way, and I don't believe in magic. <laughs> And Christopher's like, hey, inappropriate comment about girls and beer. Cha-cha-cha. And he does finger guns. Oh, yeah. The I, This is a beer not even I would drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. They just gave you, like, the Cliff Notes versions of these characters. And then you had to write about them. And I feel for you. That's tough. But it's it's super showing. It's like the episode of Avatar where they go to the island, the whatever Amber island players, <laughs> Amber Island players, and they watch the play of yes, themselves. yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, um, or like when uh, uh, in Thor, when uh, Matt Damon is playing Loki, there's the same thing. Or I think he plays Loki. I don't remember which one he plays now, but uh, there's no way to know. Uh, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like just the idea, and uh, like 
I've got Jaleel on one side of me and Christopher on the other side. And it's like, that's not what I would say. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, guys. I've been listening to you for nine books. They would both go backstage, though, to give their actor critiques. Like, yes, here's the, yeah. the problem is we didn't have the Toph character in this, which yes. is the character that's so wrong. But they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Cinna was the worst, too. Because oh, I swear Cinna just looks at the group and is like, hey, and don't forget I'm evil. <laughs> yeah, like, but then she traipses around and dance and laugh. And it's yeah. like, that's not how Cinna shows her evil or glee or mm-hmm. anything. No. I get a book a month. Like, don't don't waste my time. Don't and I hate to say that because that sounds so rude. Don't waste my time, Elise. Yeah. Don't waste my time. I don't need haunted books. Which one did uh, did you see? Which ones Elise wrote? Um, so the top two results are the Cheetah book, which oh god, we we loved that book, of course, and um the uh the Deception, which is the um they're on the the Air Force carrier. Or the, I loved that aircraft. one though. Uh, me too. Oh, and then fuck. I think she also wrote like a Marco book. Wait, the Deception was the one where. Uh, axes in the plane. Yeah, yeah, and he's gonna bomb. Yeah, the no, that was a really that good. Was a, that was a great book. I love book. that book. Yeah, yeah. I did. That was no. the one book I did okay. research for because I knew Dan would be mad if I got the airplanes wrong. <laughs> oh there were God. there were there are several ghost written books in Animorphs that are great. Yes. Like we talked about the Tobias torture book. Oh, uh, yeah. There's some of them that hit really hard. There's some of them that are time wasters. Like I said. <laughs> Uh, this one did not. Well, and I've still got half the book to go. Maybe it'll maybe it'll turn the corner. Yeah, that's the thing. We got to see if there's that intermission character flip. Yeah. Okay, but because Elise Smith co-wrote the um the the aircraft carrier book, so the thing that was getting me about this book, I didn't quite grasp the character stuff, but like the descriptions were so different because there was so much of them. And oh my god, the paragraphs and paragraphs of boat shit. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know David's really into boats, but like, this is too much. This is way I too cannot, fucking much. Cannot wait to read you the first three lines of oh my, god. my recap. <laughs> okay, okay, awesome. Yeah, I was just like, something was off for me, and I thought it was like the descriptions and like the, you know, scenery and shit, but yeah. For, for me... It was the characters. That's what made me go back and check that first page, and it's it, it thanked somebody for the help preparing the, the the manuscript, and I was like, oh no. I was definitely tipped off going into it because I saw that page, and immediately as soon as I read the name, I was like, oh, that's one of the ghostwriters for Animorphs. So like, I was tipped off. I noticed it with the characters, but what I like, what I didn't notice until I started writing about it was that I was having a lot of trouble making the connections in world. Like, I, that. this happens sometimes with the ghost-written books. It doesn't usually happen with, like, an Apple Grant book itself. But, like, the way that they do those quick transitions, I, the, a lot of the ghostwriters I can't follow as well. So all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'll go back and I'll be like, wait, when did that happen? Because mm-hmm. why did that happen? Because who said what that caused? And, like, I don't have those anymore. And I'm like, I can't put my finger on it when I'm reading it. But the second yeah. I have to recap it, I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that being said, like it wasn't a horrific book so far. Like it there was enjoyable moments to it. It's just kind of bland. Yeah. And the pacing yeah. is weird. The yeah. pacing and is very it, uh, weird. 
there's stuff that feels kind of shoehorned in, like uh, like the mention of Keith being missing and Cinna being like, "Ooh, mm, that's weird." Ah, uh, and like I, I don't know, like it didn't really. I'm like, did they, did they just oh. tell you to throw that that bit about Keith in there? Or? Okay, now you've got me wondering another thing. I'm skipping ahead. Fuck the recap. I'm skipping ahead here. Yeah. Now you've got me wondering about the whole David taking a heel turn on loving Senna, and suddenly he's back in Senna's, I love her, I have to protect her, blah, 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 at one point in this book. I wonder if that was either, oh, he was in love with Senna, and the writer's like, I'm going to okay. expound on that. Or, or, I have another theory. I think that maybe the instruction was write this subtle enough that the hints are there, but it's not true. And Elise was like, I've got you, fam. I'm in love with Senna. <laughs> so, all right. We've seen David try to push back against Senna. Yeah. What we've never seen is David openly admit that he is no longer in love with Senna. Yeah. So I feel like that was like, that was never wholly off the table. He... He was like, man, she's evil and she's like making me do stuff. I'm still into her though. Like that's kind of the the read I had on it. It was, listen, it was never completely off the table, but it was never, yeah, I know she's bad, but like I would risk the entire world for her because that's that's never David. David's always like the world has to come first. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and he's starting to get to the point where he's like, Senna is now a tool that I can use. Yes, and that's so, like that comes from yeah. a place of not wanting to no, admit that true. he loves her, but yes. Yeah. So what you're saying is that this book, realistically, Keith mention aside, is out of order. Like, Ooh. this book would be read better earlier in the series. This book, yes, if they took... Uh, some of the sliders on like Jaleel and Christopher and just yeah, up those? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then yes. yes. Yeah. No, I think so. I think this is a good like book three. This would like, be a good book. Th- and this yeah, would also yeah. be a very like, because like we knew Everworld was weird for a long time, but like by the time we were at book three, we we're like, the trees are singing. And you're like, yeah. that's weird, but it's not like weird, weird. If they had been like, hey, the world is is a little bit buck wild. Mermaids, you're breathing <laughs> yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's that's what we should do is is release the official the official uh, reading order. order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it just a little asterisk next to book ten, which is in the third slot that says disregard about Keith. Figure That'll it out come later. Up later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, that would be like if you're talking about like a sort of um, marathon reading and like not going for sprinting but going for the the long haul. I think that having a really bland Christopher in the middle. And then going yeah. back to Super Horrible Christopher, it would let you yeah. it would extend the duration of Christopher. Ability. I agree. I agree. I think this book just settles nicely in the third position better than now. And also, we've only got two books left. I don't have time for Feet Dragon. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're expecting, like, like the Taxon are going to go ahead and right? ally <laughs> with the good guy. Like, we're not expecting yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I need... David, no, not David. Let's pick somebody else. Jaleel flying a jet fighter with Senna in the back seat and saying, <laughs> hey, I'm going to blow up this thing that's really important to you unless. That's what I need. Jaleel with the gun with the rifled chamber to Senna's head saying, yes. this is how it ends. The coup hatch. 
Go. I finally, oh, oh, Jaleel, I finally believe in magic because of the, we'll recap it later, the prophecy that we got in this book. I finally believe in magic. I'm buying into this world. And that means I have to kill Senna. That would be an awesome turn. What if, what if, what if, what if yes. Senna walking through the forest, you know, she's like, huh, I'm just being evil walking through the forest. And then all of a sudden you hear a footstep behind her. She stops. And then you hear Jaleel's voice and he just says, hey, Senna, I finally believe in magic. And then you just hear the, the, the coup hatch click of the, the gun chambering. And then it is then, her body falling to the ground with the blood. And it's just the really slow metal version yeah. cover of Do You Believe in Magic in a Young Girl's yeah. Heart <laughs> as she dies. <laughs> the typo negative cover of, of Do You Believe in Magic would be perfect. Yes. I, I was thinking like, like levels like Disturb cover Johnny Cash. Is, yes, yeah, yes. That's yes. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, this is perfect. I think we've done it. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm not sure, but we've done it. Done and then Christopher, Christopher right behind him saying, well, technically, Jaleel, that was still science. <laughs> and then that's the end of the book series right there. Also, no, 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 go back. Scratch that. Go right back. He says, technically, Jaleel, that was still science. And then he's like turns to the camera and says, also, I hate Nazis and racists. And then that's where the book ends. Wait. And I'm like, all right, there, we did it. You do the, the, the that's all folks like. Yeah. <laughs> so Keith is still running around up there with a gun. We're all underwater, but Keith is still causing carnage up top. And... Oh, no. <laughs> He just can't have that many bullets, though. You know what else? You know what else? Like, as long as we're going to do this, like, I, you know what? Fuck the recap. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to. Um, so, uh, Neptune. Yeah. Like, I get it that we've been shitting on the gods like this entire book series. This was an over the top, ridiculous caricature of that also. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a toddler. No subtlety yeah. at all. Yeah. I'm like, I can't deal. And also, you picked a very a very Casey-esque place to end yeah. our reading of this book. <laughs> as You knew it was a good spot because as soon as I did it, I'm like, really, Alex, right there? That's where we're stopping? As soon as I finished chapter 11, I was like, shit, we should have ended here and not <laughs> yeah. chapter 12. <laughs> Had I known... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You just said that and I was like, shit, was I supposed to read chapter twelve? No, I I did not read chapter twelve. I stopped at the Didn't end of you stop at eleven? I did, because you showed me the page with chapter twelve on it. And I said go no further. I'll yes. be honest, I remember going on that tirade, but I couldn't remember myself if I said <laughs> eleven or twelve. So this is oh. delightful for me and I am so glad and I will stop tonight's recap at chapter eleven. <laughs> Because it's worse? No, because it's way funnier to me. <laughs> Wait, where were we supposed to stop? At, at, read through chapter 11, stop at the page okay, that that's says chapter 12. That's what I did. Yeah, okay. Great. That's what I'm I did as well. I remember having a tantrum about it. I don't remember what I said. Okay. Yeah, I was like, hey, Alex, where do we stop? And Alex just like opened a book in half and showed me a page. I was like, and no was further. Like, stop yeah. here. 
This is delightful to me. And this also means that for I, our next recording, I already have the first one written. Nice. She 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 said, I can't be bothered with all your questions, plebe. And then she just opened the book right to a page and didn't even bother to look at the page. Pick it up. Then, yeah. She actually stopped mid-chapter because I just slammed the book open. Oh, well, I'm super glad then. I'm I'm delighted because I, I think that that was a great place to stop based on what happens next. Yeah, it super wasn't. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> it super duper was. It was, but I hated it. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm so delighted by this now. I don't know what to do. Normally we're still talking about randomness and we've already covered like a whole bunch of this book. Yeah, and wrote an ending that we would really enjoy. I, like, I derailed <laughs> the podcast onto the rails, and so I don't know what to do now. I literally, in the entire time I've known you, every single other person that podcasts with you is like, Tim always takes us off the rails. Tim doesn't get us on track. You, I, Every podcast I do with you, you put us on track. And I don't understand what the fuck ever. The first time I said that in front of Jenna, I was, thanks, Tim, for getting us yeah. back on track. Jenna looked like I punched her in the face <laughs> for no reason. And I don't understand. This is also the same thing, like, I have not been on time to anything ever since, like, 1997, I think. Unless Alex is standing there, and then I think I'm, like, batting a thousand for being on time. So every time I talk about being late, which I am, to everything all the time, horrendously. Literally Alex is always like, yeah, you're always early to everything. And I'm like, I don't know how this has happened. Yeah, because I'm still plugging shit in 15 minutes before it's time to record. And you're texting me like, what's the Zoom link? I'm like, I've got 15 minutes, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) We're golden in my books. (laughs) There was one time we did an escape room when I was pulling into the parking lot at 7.59 for an 8 o'clock escape room. That's on time! (laughs) And that was at Hopper's Cabin, and I hopped out of the car like I had just won the world championship at something, and I was like, I'm on time! I did it! And Jenna was like, I'm never riding with you again, that was nuts. (laughs) But that's that's me. I literally have no idea what you're talking about. You are constantly early to everything that we do. I don't know. I don't know, that's just a fluke. I don't, I don't know. Or is it like, do I just give off like the irresponsible vibes to the point that you swing the other way? (laughs) I start work in the morning at a time of my choosing and I am without fail always late. Yeah. Like who's late for their own start time? Me? Me. Yeah. No, I get that. I need structure. I need you to be like, no, firmly. You're here at 11 or else I will be 20 minutes late. Yeah. Jenna has been known, to, as she's done this to me several times, uh, to tell me to be somewhere one half hour before I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So then magically I am both 20 minutes late and 10 minutes early at the same time. Damn. Yeah. That's smart. I like walk in, I'm like, we gotta go, I'm super late. And she's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, we got 10 minutes. I would also be furious if anyone did that to me because <laughs> I'm running so tight on everything I do that I'm like, <laughs> how fucking dare you? <laughs> and now I have 20 minutes to sit here with my own thoughts. How could you do this? Uh, isn't that the worst? Yes. Like in those rare times when I do show up early for something and I'll just like sit down and look at whoever I'm with and I'll be like, 
So this is a big fucking waste of time. How do y'all stand this? <laughs> like, yep. You just don't do anything for 10 minutes waiting for this thing to start? Oh, man. So the the other day, I was meeting Shannon at the Renaissance Fair. And I we had picked a time. I was there on time. Shannon got there 40 minutes early. And, like, to be fair, she went in. She walked around. There's plenty of stuff to do on your own. Like, she wasn't, like, just sitting there waiting for me to show up. But, like, she texted me that she was already there 40 minutes early. And I literally said, I can't help you. Like, I, I will never be that early in my life. Oh, my God. I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> I was just sent back, why? I mean, I get it. Okay. For the rent fair specifically, I get it. Because, like, that is... I would absolutely go like wander around and I'd probably chug a beer before anyone else got there. But like for me though, with her being like, I'm here now and I'm looking at the clock and I'm, I have half an hour at this point or whatever. I'm like, no. So what it's like to be Tim, I want you to be at this place at X it will take you somewhere between 25 and 30 minutes to get to X. I look down at my watch. I have 15 minutes until X. And I get a text that says, we're here. Ugh. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Not only, like, oh, no. It's going to be. I'm 15 minutes late, which is 30 minutes from now, which is somehow way worse. I did once. Okay, so this is a little bit of, of nature nurture for you. I did once show up to a family birthday dinner for my brother. And I, when I don't want to go to something, that also doesn't help my timeliness. Like, I will, <laughs> I, will be, I will be way later than usual. Like, up to 15 minutes late, which is, like, a lot for me. And I'm like, I, I just, cause I don't want to go. Right. So like I'm dilly dallying. I'm not, I'm not hurrying. I showed up 15 minutes late. I showed up 20 minutes before my parents did, oh, which wow. was 15 minutes late to my brother's birthday. Also at the time, both my brothers lived with my parents. They all left the house at the same time. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. What I'm like, I, who knows? That's a thing. Yeah. We don't ask questions. Sure. If 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 my parents are meeting me somewhere, I will be 15 minutes late and they will have been there for a good solid 24 hours saying that they wanted to, you know, get a little ahead or something. We went ahead and got a table yesterday. <laughs> There's a 50-50 chance I won't show up. There's a 75-25% chance my parents won't show up. <laughs> oh my god. You guys aren't really my audience. <laughs> my heart's not in this. That's what I should text them. I'm not coming to this birthday dinner. My heart's not in it. Okay. Okay. That. That. Your use of our catchphrases, which I'm just going to include myself in that catchphrase. Yes. Uh, your use of our catchphrases was the other major thing that absolutely irritated me to no end. When they would have whole conversations in this book about how weird Everworld is, and not once did anybody say what T.E. at the end of it. Yeah, there was only one in this book. In the and meta. it was like, it was in the meta, and it was right, like they fired that cannon right away, and they're like, check that off the list. Wait, where, where was it? I, I didn't catch it. Uh, if it, it was, was like chapter I don't think... two or three. It's the last line. 
Okay, so I missed that because I don't think I was thinking that it was ghost-written at the time. Mm. Yeah, end of yeah. chapter three. End of chapter three. Yeah. Now I'm mad that there is one. Uh, Sorry. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. Mm. Uh, yeah, it wasn't even, nobody even said it. They had a whole no. conversations about how weird it is. Nobody said it. It's not okay. Now that I'm thinking back, when you said the cheetah book, I immediately thought that was the Rachel leadership book, but that was the one with the Venber and Visor 2. Yeah, yeah, it's all the same. No, Visor 2 was the Axe book with the plane, but the Venber was, wait, no, I'm thinking of the Garatron. The Garatron was the cheetah book. The Garatron was the cheetah book. The Venber yeah, was... Yeah, Venber um, was the, the polar bear book, the yeah, extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. The, the Garatron was the... Right, because right. they had to go fast, and that was the one where... Yeah. Yep. Rachel was a That wasn't the the terrible book I was thinking. It wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. So if y'all are gaslighting me about these being actual words, y'all are doing a great job, like, sticking with each other. <laughs> I don't remember some of these words from my read-through of Animorphs. They're all alien names. Yeah. It's probably time for another Animorphs read-through. Yes, it is. Yeah. I want. All right. That's what I'm thinking. Everybody set Everworld down. Let's start with Animorphs <laughs> number one. We're going to read it right now. Fuck yeah. <sighs> I'm still waiting for uh, Alex to record the uh, audio for Dungeon Crawler Carl book six. I thought it was in the works. I well, you would know guys. since you're the since I'm the the audiobook narrator. Yeah, you're the only one who can actually do the works. I would love to. Let me just put this out into the world. People listen to this sometimes. I would love to do audiobook narration as a job. I think. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's have a little conversation because I <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call myself an expert on this topic. All right. Um. <laughs> Because I got to sit firsthand and listen to Alex. Yeah, you directed read. me. Yeah, I, I, I got to I got to act like I was doing something <laughs> while Water. Alex was reading. Uh, there's an episode of Horse Girls with the wonderfully talented Steph Croniola, where we stole one of her stories and had Alex read it as an as an audio story, and she did phenomenal. And I think that Alex would be great as long as that book was not written by John Grisham. Oh, because every lead character in a John Christian book is a Southern lawyer. And I think that would actually cause you to have some some like physical pain. I trying but to do Tim, is this not the role I've been training for? <laughs> As I say, being mid sentence. We've, we've come a long way from Tobias Maguire's. We are not to John Grisham Southern lawyer. OK, are you sure? Yes. Yeah, we are not there yet. What if what if. I just called Austin, had him read all the lines, and then I just tried to mimic every line that he said. Mm. That's how they do dialect training, isn't it? Don't know. Maybe Austin's not the one. He's the most Southern person I know. I know. Maybe we need to dial it back a little bit. I mean, the dialing it back would be in my Canadian-ness coming through. (laughs) I'm just worried that it might come a little, it might come across as a little goofy with you trying to do an Austin voice. Is all I'm saying. I don't know. I think I could nail it. <laughs> I'd let Austin read a, a John Grisham book. I think that would be fun. Actually, I think that would be wonderful <laughs> Horse Girls content just to have him read a John Grisham chapter if we could if we can make that happen. 
Of course we can. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the legalities are of reading a chapter of a John Grisham book on a podcast. But... I'm pretty sure that as long as we critique it afterwards, then it, it falls under that that content mm-hmm. law where you are yeah. using it for for yeah. your And we we wouldn't pick a spoilery things. chapter or anything, just a just a chapter for him to read. Yeah, I think this is good. I think we can yeah, do this. Yeah, I think so too. And then I'll read it in my best southern accent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We're going to side by side. <laughs> Would you like a recap of this book, though? Like as a as a pale comparison? Yes. I would. Mm, mm. Hold on. I just got mad about something else. Okay. No, do your recap and I will save it for the point in the recap when you get there. Okay, but don't forget it. I, well, I'm super angry. I'm not going to forget it. Okay, great. Okay. David loves boats. David really loves boats. He really, 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 really loves boats. <laughs> so good. This could probably sum up most of chapter one. That's all it was. He, it, yeah. He says so many words about boats and calls this one a Quasimodo boat or something. It's apparently Roman. No one cares. Uh, the Greeks stole it and impro- improved it or something, and he's so, so happy to be steering the boat because his captain realized he wasn't a lubber. This boat is so cool. It has a giant ramming part under the water. Also, this boat sucks and is old, and he could totally build a better boat, but he is still in love with this boat. He takes a short break from his boat talk to talk to Jaleel, his not friend that he needed to be convinced to do anything. April, the super fun, sexy, fun-loving one that people want to date because she's kind. Christopher, who's the asshole that was going through some changes and is also maybe an alcoholic. And finally, Senna, horrible, horrible Senna, who is apparently the human equivalent of riding a Harley without a helmet. Do with that what you will. David wasn't that addicted to her anymore. Anyways, back to the boat. He was enjoying the breeze and the rudder, and the warship was amazing and also sucked, and it was alive beneath him. And then on the horizon, another boat. There are times when I feel like I just don't know you anymore. Yeah? Yeah, for the fact that you didn't call it Quasi-Bodo. <laughs> like, you think you know somebody, and then they I say Quasi-Moto boat, and say- Quasi-Moto boat, and I'm like, what's Tim thinking? <laughs> What could Why Tim didn't possibly you say quasi- <laughs> I was like, oh, does he not approve? Like, what's going on? Quasi-Bodo is extremely good. <laughs> if I ever get rich enough to have a boat, I won't have a boat, but I'll probably make one of my friends name their boat Quasi-Bodo. I love how in this narrative, you getting richer means that all of your friends also, their brackets will go up so we can all just buy shitty quasi-bodos. Yeah, that's how capitalism works. Tim is going to lift us up from the ashes. Quasi-bodo. Oh, I'm crying. like, really? We're just going to roll right through that? Huh? We're just going to... Yeah, and you know what? I know exactly how I missed it, and I'm still disappointed in myself. <laughs> because that whole thing was me going, like, should I go back and get, like, the actual name of it? No, just say this. Like, that was the only word I could read. Just say that. It's fine. I should go back. I loved that recap chapter. Like, fucking... Yeah. <laughs> so spot on. So goddamn spot on. Yeah, I, I sometimes it does. It's like, you know what? We would have saved a lot of time in this haunted book if, if we had just said that. It would have covered the exact same amount of ground. Oh, and we could have included Quasi Bodo. And we could have included Quasi Bodo. 
also like spoilers. It apparently has a giant ramming part of it under the water that never comes into play. Not yeah. once. <laughs> I just think it, a cow catcher. You know the cow catchers on the trains? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an underwater cow catcher. I'm like, that's horrible. Leave the seals alone. <laughs> Some bumping yeah, you don't want to avoid the warranties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. It doesn't make up for Quasibodo. Don't try to get back uh, in my I'll never races. make up for Quasibodo. Oh, no. <laughs> Quasibodo has to have a bell on it. <laughs> Oh, I wish Quasibodo is like the Titanic so they could have a whole number while they like shovel coal into the things of hellfire. <laughs> Casey is like, I don't know if you understand, Tim, how Casey is the person that is perfectly equipped to make so many more Quasimodo jokes than anyone else I know in this entire world. <laughs> we said Quasibodo and Casey was like, it's my time. <laughs> it's my time. Let me just pull out my... I can't reach it. My Hunchback of Notre Dame songbook that I have for guitar. So, okay, what I've learned from podcasting with y'all is that if I ever get a boat, it's going to be Quasi Bodo, and it, the next car I get is going to be the Hatchback of Notre Dame. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme here. <laughs> you guys are fun. <laughs> okay, should we go into chapter two? Yeah. All right. The other boat, it's Merlin. He's chasing them like he's on a speedboat, even though it was a small, boring, stupid wooden boat, a thing we have to care about now. Uh, Seeing Senna also alert to it, he went to the captain. He's like, get the rowers to full speed. Lower the mast. We should try to catch a breeze. And the captain looked at him and was basically like, I am the captain here. (laughs) And David's like, okay. And then he went back to Senna and he's like, hey, do you see this, this young girl here? She's a witch. She'll turn all of your food into worms. And then the the captain's like, all right, but if this guy catches us, it's on you because I do not fuck with the will of the gods. I, and then he like, kind of was like, but I will fuck with the will of gods for the worm food thing, but I don't fuck with the will of the gods. It was immediately clear as they take off that this isn't even going to help them at all. Like there is no need for any of this. And David's like, well, I really hope Jaleel or Christopher, even April says something. And then this giant creature rises from the water, looking vaguely like a humanoid jellyfish. Its belly was filled with dolphins and sharks and seaweed and maybe a whale. He was massive. It was Neptune, and he demanded to know who dare mess with the ocean, his tides and his wind. And then they're like, oh, this motherfucker's pissed at Merlin, not at us. They're like, this is going to go well for us. And that's when the giant wave starts and completely fucks up the boat, almost capsizes it. Everybody gets tossed into the ocean. Am I the only one who, whenever they mention Merlin, like, David has a certain look to him, Christopher has a certain look, all these characters have a certain look to them, even the gods have a certain look to them, except for Merlin, who is crazy animated Merlin from, like, that Sword in the Zone cartoon. Yes! (laughs) Single time. Yes! Correct! (laughs) Like, they're all, like, to me, like... No, no, no. To me, they're all very real kids, like, in this yeah. sort of scenario. And then you just see, like, the little, like, like, yeah. dances and comes after them. Resurrecting dead animals. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, kind of cute. Like, he does a little finger yeah. wave, and then Hoppity, they all, like... Hoppity, walkity, whack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, every time. <laughs> 
So like when he when the wind was blowing, like he was hauling hauling butt on his on his little wooden. It was an animated little wooden raft with a one sail, mm-hmm. but he was still like you know like jet ski speed, He's like with his arms behind him like Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> Just like- <laughs> god that boat got fucked up yeah everything got fucked up i'm so glad we spent so much time describing the boat only for it to get annihilated in the second chapter okay merlin had an owl named archimedes right yeah Mm -hmm. okay if merlin's boat i would spray paint on the back of it archimedes nuts (laughs) archimedingy oh that's pretty good that's pretty good Arkami dinghy. <laughs> but like then it's one of those like animated things where you find out that he actually did magic the owl into a boat. So it has like the owl head is like <laughs> oh the mast head. And, like, yes. Yeah. Fuck. So disappointed in me right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll admit in this recap, it's becoming even more apparent just how like kind of out of character. Yeah. <laughs> Haunted ass book. It's a little bit. A little bit ghoulish. <laughs> this is going to be our only haunted ass book, though, right? Like, with only two books left, surely they pick it back Let's up. Let's Google it. Because, like, I feel like we don't need to find out by surprise. We need to no. be emotionally prepared. And okay. if, like, the next two are ghostwritten, we could just go ahead and call it. <laughs> like, we read, we read nine and a half books. We, we made an effort. died with book nine. <laughs> Trivia. Okay. It is rumored. Trivia. That the last two to three books were ghostwritten. <laughs> well, they thanked them right on the thing. It's it's rumored. Just, <laughs> Sorry, what's happening? Just, Casey just sang the Activia song with the word trivia, and it made me <laughs> really happy. <laughs> okay, yeah, so no ghostwritten, right? Right? We're not sure. Let me grab uh, them off the shelf mm-hmm. right now and take a look. Alex looks like an Andalite today. What? <laughs> so you look like an Andalite because you're wearing yeah. blue. You got your blue hair. I have an Earthling bracelet that says otherwise. Easy. <laughs> 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 this is already a book we've read. Do I just have double copies of so many fucking things? I do. Oh. Give me another moment. Oh, no. How do you live that you can't just... Oh my goodness. She just has chaotic Everworld books thrown everywhere. <laughs> she just keeps buying them. Okay, great. I have a lot of books now. Let's sort through these. I suddenly don't know if I have all the books. I'm so confused oh, cool. by Roman numerals. Oh dear. Okay, let's see. It's this one? XI and XII are the ones we're looking for. XI. There we go. Huh, maybe I don't have the 12th one. Or maybe, I, nope. It's got a redhead person on the front. There we go. XII. It's this one. Got it. Okay. Ooh, okay. Michael and Jake and our little friend Maisie? Nope. That's that going to be written by them. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not, that's not, ghost not a ghostwriter. That's not one of the ghostwriters we know. For Michael and Jake. So, yeah. Yeah, no. One okay, so the only one. Okay. Cool. I can I suffer through it. Piles of books on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy special workbooks. Mommy special workbooks. <laughs> I don't. I do wish that this had been book three, though. Like I'm standing by that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's late in the game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we don't have time for this, Elise. 
<laughs> Who is Maisie? I have no idea. Dog. I feel like it's a dog name, right? Maybe. They Hope just so. adopted a dog named Maisie, and they're like, let's put it in here. Let's put a dog in a book. What, what the dog doing? Okay, shall I recap the yes. next chapter? Okay. Please. Okay. As everyone fell into the ocean, everything became a massive, dark, swirling whirlpool of doom. David could hear instructions in his head to save himself before you help others. Put your oxygen mask on before you help those around you. So he kicked and broke through the surface, gulping in air. But the waves were relentless. He looked all around for Senna. And only Senna. And then found April. And April was like choking and drowning right in front of him and swallowed a ton of water and then slipped below the waves unconscious. He tried to dive after her and got caught in the swirling vortex of doom. And as he was spinning around, his head starts snapping around the whirlpool and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he lost all sense of direction and actively starts drowning. So as he starts to lose consciousness, he's like, I don't know if I'm in water or air. So he just gasps in this huge breath and finds out he can breathe one way or another. Doesn't question it anymore. And as he starts coming back to consciousness, he's like, I don't really understand what I'm seeing here. Because he's underwater. And so were Christopher and Jaleel and April and Senna and some of the crew and the captain. But they're all breathing. And they're floating downwards towards a city below them. And David's like, how is it lit up so deep in the ocean? There's no sun here. That's that chapter. Well. Yeah. He should have been dead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not impressed by the weirdness. No. Also, I read the back of the book. Did they say it was Atlantis in the book? Not yet. Spoiler. I'm sorry. We can cut that out. (laughs) It's on the back of the book. It is on the back of the book. It's just not a very good back of the book. Yeah. Because maybe it's not Atlantis. Wasn't Atlantis also what they referred to when they went down to see the Nartek, though? It's like not every underwater city is Atlantis, you guys. Or. Or. Is it? Or it could be. I want to watch Atlantis, the Disney movie now. That was a good movie. I haven't seen Atlantis. That's another one that like should not have gotten past me, but did. Because I've heard that. That's very good. Yeah, it's I really underrated, it. I think. Underwater. <laughs> under. Dang it, there's something there and I can't get there. Oh, no. I know. What's, what to eat? I'm just saying they had a whole conversation. Just like they do in every other book about, man, this stuff is weird. Eh, what to eat? It just doesn't happen. It's like they have to put it in because that's like that's like the marketing slogan. Yeah. It's the same thing as CNN breaking news. You get the one CNN breaking news, which they say every time. Yeah. It's like like, a minimum quota. It was like one of the things on the notes that this person was given. And you fucked it up. Listen, Elise, you're not the worst by a long shot. No, 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 no. I'm being mean. Yeah, we're being hypercritical and we know this. Okay, because I was going to follow it up with, but it's not great. <laughs> That's also true. But now we've apologized, and I feel like I can't go back on this now. And Elise, you did great. I'm sorry. I was trying to do the, the Bardic Inspiration yeah. sandwich. <laughs> yeah. That goes insult, nice thing, nice thing insult. Yep. <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> so good. Y'all should go to the D&DB Patreon. Yeah. That joke would... I mean, I don't want to say that it would make sense, but you'd get it at least where it came from. I think it makes sense when you listen. <laughs> not yeah, a, yeah. 
it's good I, for that's inspiration. A, I don't want to overpromise by saying any of the stuff we do makes sense. I it made so much sense. Listen, if you know a lot of bird facts, you're gonna fucking love this. So Alex mailed us packages, and like when you do something that I guess she decided was super weird and cool enough, you got to open your package. I did batshit stuff for like three hours, and I never got to open my package. Like I never. You had to tell me that you were using the Bowerbird rules to do it. Oh, see, I thought I was just gonna come up with something weird enough. No, no, you had to say, uh, "Listen, I'm gonna add this," and it had to be weirder than anything you said. It had to be even bigger. Can I can I tell him what was in the package? Yeah. It was an oops all twenty die, <laughs> so that no matter what you rolled, you rolled a twenty, so that your 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 chaos. Your moment of chaos would be successful. And I think that's super cool. <laughs> so and I never got to open my, my package is still metaphorically unopened. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. Physically, so. the second we hit stop, that <laughs> <package is> <laughs> <laughs> So when I when I did mine, I actually I clocked that it was a D20. But then I like almost immediately rolled it, and I was very delighted for a moment when I got a natural twenty, and then I realized what was going on. Can I tell you that that one hundred percent shows through in the episode? Like that is exactly what I thought yes. happened. Yeah, oh, no. I was like cool after I realized. I was like, I hope I didn't sound like a complete idiot. No, no, it's delightful. It is, but it, it you could tell that that is what happened. <laughs> the worst thing. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. No, it was delightful. <laughs> it added such like because if you had have known beforehand, you wouldn't have been as pumped about it. Right, right, <laughs> right. All right. Speaking of stupid shit, you guys want to hear what happens next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a transition, Elise. If you're listening to this, and I know you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways. As they floated down, they could see the city below them in a bubble. I'm Listen, there's a lot of bubble and not bubble going on here, and I'm not entirely clear on what is and is not in a bubble, but the city, I think, is in a bubble. And within that bubble, there are other bubbles, and some of those bubbles are filled with water, and some of them are filled with air. And also, there are chariots racing through the streets pulled by dolphins, which I thought, okay, streets are water area? No, alas, they are not. Dolphins swim through air area. There's also fish maneuvering area. through here. <laughs> Casey beat me to it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, there's also fish around. Uh, as they descended further, David flattened out so as not to pierce the bubble and instead slows his fall like a little sugar glider and tries to meld in. When they reach the skin of the bubble, it felt odd as it like goes over him and he passes through it and it leaves this weird tingling sensation. But now he, I think, has his own bubble at this point. Don't really know. Might be prison, might be life support. No one really knows What's going on here? Least of all, me, the reader. As they float further, they're touching down in this massive coliseum, but there's a horse race that's about to begin. Not seahorses. Get that out of your head immediately. Regular ass horses, kind of. Anyways, the ship's captain and a few other crew people sat down next to them, and as they began to discuss Poseidon versus Neptune, the captain's quickly like, Neptune's the best, as he's like looking around like, Team Neptune, woo! And then he's like waiting to be smite, smote, smitted, smitten. When nothing was forthcoming, the kids continue to talk about getting out of there. 
But then they're interrupted by the start of the horse race, not seahorses. What's that chapter? There is one moment where somebody, I think it was David, was talking about the skin of the bubble. And I had a really <laughs> hard time. It like really did not sit well with me, mm. that, that concept. Mm. If I've learned anything about all of my friends in the past few weeks, it's that the skin of any liquid or air <laughs> is not good with them. No. no. Don't say it. <laughs> no. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just did not set right the skin of the bubble. No. Yeah. No. Also, there was one point where they used the descriptor of it's like a bubble that a little kid would have a slotted plastic tray that they wave around in the air. And I'm like, I don't think they wave the tray around in the air. Have you ever made a giant <laughs> bubble? That's where the solution goes. There's a wand that they wave around. So then I was like, this person doesn't know about bubbles. You know what? Can we just hold on? Bardic inspiration. Yeah. We absolutely love the deception. Every one of us, everybody I know, <laughs> oh, absolutely loves so the deception, much. Elise. <laughs> yes. Whatever we're saying now, we all love the deception. Oh, and it's God. hard. It's hard to get us to like a ghost-written Animorphs book. Yeah. It's not easy. You can't just walk off the street and do it. Nope. Except you did it. You walked right off the street and did it. Mm-hmm. All right. I, now you got to say something mean to complete the inspiration. <laughs> just, okay. I'm going to trail into it, though, from, like, just, I point to that decision of Axe, like, having that bomb and, like, having to pick that trigger all the time as one of the all-time Animorphs decisions. That was extremely yeah. well written. Ugh. I don't believe Elise knows what bubbles are, though. I don't think Elise has ever seen a bubble or touched a bubble or made a bubble. There you go. You can now add uh, a D, what is it, a D8 to whatever you roll next. Yeah, it's whatever you roll. You can add a D8 to whatever you roll next, Elise. I am once again asking you to subscribe to the DDB Patreon. (laughs) I don't understand any of this. Okay, but what would you call the exterior of a bubble? Still bubble. Still bubble? Yeah, because there is no exterior of bubble in reality. Like, it is yeah. just... What would you call the bubble barrier, though? The bubble... <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. From now on, it is... I'm not sure I can accomplish saying that, but that is what it is. That word makes me really upset. <laughs> The bull barriers are going to come down and fight the coup hatch. <laughs> I shouldn't hate it because it sounds like Bulbasaur, and I love Bulbasaur. But it's, 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 it has enough letters in it that kind of rhyme in really vulgar ways that I can see why you hate it. Yeah, it makes me think of like I don't know, pregnancy a vulva. or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. I was like, why does it make me think of like pregnancy and like because like it big... is one letter away from vulvarier. <laughs> Which is nothing, but that is a... (laughs) Not anymore. It's going on Urban Dictionary tonight as soon as I get off this call. Right next to New Zealand Blanket is Bulbarrier. (laughs) (laughs) Bulbarrier does sound like... like I'm I'm, going to try and get on like the real dictionary. (laughs) I'm going to try and be like, Bulbarrier was the Greek god. Um, the vulva. I don't know yet, but that's where we get the word vulva today. 
I feel like we got to ask for like a, a pitch from Dr. Maria because I feel like this is so in her wheelhouse yeah. <laughs> that we can't submit this to the dictionary without consulting Dr. Maria. Yeah. You say Bulvarier, like I didn't hear, when you said Bulvarier, I didn't hear Bulvarier. But now that you said Bulvarier, all I can hear is the rhyme of farrier. Yeah. So, so it sounds like a profession. Yeah. Professional Bulvarier. <laughs> This is okay. This is horrible because now the only thing in my brain is like I trim it so that they can walk good, and I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I hate that this is, but that's what a farrier does, yeah. and now you've related it. <laughs> Your brain is a twisted place. No, that's no. All I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think after that conversation, maybe we kind of do owe Elise an apology for not calling it the bull barrier. I'm going to get Alex a t-shirt that just says I trim it so they can walk. No other context at all. I feel like they need the other context, Tim. And on the back, I'll just put the racehorse name, Hoof Hearted. So it's Hoof <laughs> All right, shall we continue? Yes. Please. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. The race went off, and of course, the horses, which were almost normal horses, were not normal. They were gigantic and pure white, and their manes and tails were spun of gold, and they were ridden by tiny elves wearing weirdly modern jockey silks, and the crowd was made up by all manner of being and beast. There were humans in all colors and races, and the elves that were willowy and tall, not the tiny ones riding the unicorn things. They're not unicorns. They don't have a horn. They're just white. Horses with gold mane and tail. Uh, there was dwarves. There was satyrs. There was nymphs. So on, so forth. And of particular note, there was mermaids and mermen. And they described them with their strong fish tails on the lower half. And then for the men, the strong, perfect, muscular bodies on top with the giant pecs in the 18 pack or whatever. And the women are slender and sinewy and their shampoo commercial hair floated around them, tastefully covering up their boobs. But not well enough for Christopher not to catch glimpses of them. Anyways, back to the horses. As they run down the final stretch, the crowd rose to its feet, screaming and cheering, and the two horses who pulled away were battling for the lead. When one of them finally pulled out front, Toyo, I think his name was, they saw Neptune go from his box where he was watching all of this race go down and cheering and screaming instantly to the winner's circle. Instantly. This dude cannot not be the center of attention. Neptune then gives this very, very long speech about who he had slept with, who he was married to, who his children were, what deeds he had done. How manly he was. How masculine he was. All those, you know, the basics. And then, then, after everybody's like, great, wonderful, cheering, clapping, he turns towards the kids and the captain and the sailors and then is like, hey, wait a sec, who are these motherfuckers? Are you the ones who defied the laws of sea and wind? And then he's like, actually, no, it wasn't you. It was probably the other guy in the other boat that was probably a wizard and then they are like, we, we don't know, sir. We truly don't know. And he's like, okay, for not knowing, I will kill you all. And before the statement is even complete, there are sharks swimming around in bubbles because they're on dry land. So the sharks are in the bubbles this time. And one gets too close to the crowd and tears a dwarf in half. And then like the bubble is filled with like gore and viscera and everything. And Neptune is laughing. And that's when the shark bubbles bolt towards the kids. Shovels. I, I hate the cover of this book. Like the blue hate, man hate, group? Hate yeah. Fucking. Is I, he supposed to be made of water? Is that what I'm supposed so. to get? I didn't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't. It doesn't land. 
That's because it's C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just it, It's like the same thing as the Doja Cat thing. How upsetting that Doja Cat outfit was. I know it's upsetting to you, but I've never seen it. Oh, oh, okay. I've got a picture of it. Hang on. Please. I'll send it. Ooh, bitch, I'm a cow. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, it's awful, right? It's, it is, uh, it is negative. Mm. A prop from the Hellraiser movies. No. I feel negatively about it. And now that's what I see, except it's the blue version on the cover of this book. Yeah. I okay. We have to be careful now because this would not be the first time that we'd find out that a fashion designer has come from the cover designer of a children's that's, book series that we've read. That's very true. <laughs> you, David Mattingly. Yeah. And yeah, David Mattingly. I have a bigger issue with the the poses that these kids are striking. <laughs> it's very much like I don't need friends; they disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> That is not how I would stand if I were inside the bull barrier. This is so go to the mall and get directed like, pretend you're standing in a bubble. <laughs> this Senna one, truly offensive to me. That's yeah. the one. That's yeah. the one where I'm like, this is not how one bubbles. Oh, but you think Jaleel is natural? <laughs> Better than Senna. <laughs> Better than Senna. I wouldn't say... A way to stand inside a bull barrier, though. <laughs> Jaleel is, is the best. Jaleel is working yeah. out the science of the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, mm, yes, it's perfectly symmetrical, yes. <laughs> Christopher staring at the mermaid above him. Yeah, Christopher's yeah. is the best one, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely true. God, these clothes are very dated. Yeah. Except Christopher, once again. Are you saying it looks like something Sean Ashmore would wear? It does look like something Sean Ashmore would wear. <laughs> this haunted ass haunted ass book has left us with a haunted ass podcast. It has. It turns Some... out that none of these are us. These are all stand-ins for us. <laughs> <laughs> Just you'll know it when somebody says W T E W T Everworld. W T Everworld was a billionaire in the nineteen thirties who invested in coal. Please, W.T. Everworld was my father. <laughs> Call me what T. Everworld? What Theodore Everworld? <laughs> I, I didn't know that Chuck E. Cheese, I didn't know the E stood for entertainment, so we always used to make what? up whatever the E would be. So he used to be Charles Edison Cheese. <laughs> That's what that made me think, that had, that had Charles Edison Cheese energy. I'm glad you picked a real human name because the first like E thing I could think of was like eraser. <laughs> Can I tell you what my dumb brain did? Sure. Mine went uh, clearly a cheddar. Cheddar. And the E was just a really long firm cheddar. <laughs> Tim looks like he's crying. What? <laughs> Chuck is short for Chet. And the E is for Edder. Chuck Eraserhead Cheese. It's actually a David Lynch movie. 
I would one hundred percent. I would watch the shit out of a David Lynch Chucky e. Chiefs movie. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Ja- and- <laughs> I need to stop being vulnerable and telling you guys what my <laughs> thoughts are. If Twilight was about vampire mice, it'd be Chedward. <laughs> and Bria. <laughs> Rockafort would be Rose Rosalind. <laughs> Rosalie. I'm losing it. I'm losing it because I'm yeah, trying to make cheese rhymes. You told us that backwards, and I was like, who the fuck was Rockford yes. and Twilight? <laughs> I've already replaced her name with cheese names. It's fine. Monterey Jasper. Nice. Yes. What would the mice on a vegetarian diet hunt, though? <laughs> Wait, but... <laughs> Because, like, if they're meat eaters, they're eating other mice, I assume. But it's like, would they b- eat, like, bugs? cockroaches Jeez. and stuff? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's corn. You couldn't, you couldn't see it at home. But Casey had this look on her face like, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard in my life. A she vegetarian really did. Mice? <laughs> I've never been so judged before by Casey. <laughs> Until this moment where she's like, the answer is so fucking obvious. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do we Carlisleberg? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens to Renesme. Oh, my God. Resume. Resume. <laughs> Man, Alex, you really, you really got us derailed. <laughs> yeah, derailed. <sighs> Just gonna blame it on you. That's fair. <laughs> we are three steps from what to eat. <laughs> Just, you're all like, so we read Everworld, and I'm all like, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, we read Everworld. I also said cheddar. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I'm not batting a thousand here, Tim. <laughs> when he becomes. When he's an old mogul, he'll be see adder cheese. <laughs> Pizza magnate, see cheese. Listen, I'm not going to workshop any more goops in my head because they're all dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know I had more. I just rejected them all. More. David draws his sword, jumps, and rolls aside from a shark who darted through where he just was. He raised his sword and tried to slash and swipe at them, but they were too fast. He watches one of the sharks took a sailor and bit him in half and dragged him around, leaving a trail of blood in the dirt, which is how I realized the sharks were in the bubbles. It was this point that I realized the sharks were in the bubbles. And then I had to go back and retcon shit. Anyways, uh, as he swipes again, he realizes that the sharks are attacking the sailors, but not the kids. So he's like, I'm just going to kind of retreat a little bit and see what happens. But then as he's like backing up into like Jaleel and, and uh, Senna and Christopher and April, he's like looking at the sailors and he's like, well, I can't just not do anything. So he runs back in there. He lines up a shot, cuts a shark in half. And all the people of the Coliseum just go quiet like, oh, shit, what do we do? And the person sentenced to death slains their ex- executor. And Alex, I, I, Alex, hi, we're on, on Late Stars together, almost said Executor. <laughs> a Pokemon. <laughs> I like it. 
not even spelled similarly. <laughs> Anyways, eventually Neptune stood and his voice is moving out and he's like, introduce yourself. The killer of the sharks amuses me. And David's like, oh, I don't want to tell this guy who I am, but not responding means certain death. So he's like, I'm Davidius, defender of all of Olympus and Athena's personal army, bitch. Blah, blah, blah. I stopped the battle of the seven keys, whatever. I'm just making up my own shit now. I don't really care what he said. I didn't write it down. <laughs> sure. The eagles, whatever. Uh, anyways, um, Jaleel steps up behind him like, yes, of course, this guy. And then he's like whispering to him, hey, fucking moron, this guy hates the Greeks. He's a Roman god and his Greek counterpart loves Athena. So he especially hates Athena. And then Neptune stands up all in a rage, ready to like start smiting people. And April jumps forward and is like, no, wait. Actually, he's just being a goofy goober. We're minstrels doing a goof. And Neptune's like, well, in that case, you're all hilarious and good. And they were like, really? And he was like, no. And then he spears a rando through the heart with his trident, killing him instantly. And he's like, you can entertain me later. And so then they get escorted away by the merfolk. And as they're being escorted away, David sees one of the sailors walking through the crowd, vaguely wondering why they're not being attacked. And then being like, actually, I'm pretty sure I know why they're not being attacked. That's that chapter. I will never make... F- no, okay, hold on. That's that's a bold-faced lie. I will make fun of you ridiculously for mispronouncing words, um, especially words that are spelled pretty much exactly the same, but are just said differently. Um, understand that it is because I adore you. I would never do it to somebody who I didn't know because of the word underfed. Underfed, yeah. Yeah, underfed. I underfed every time. And then I have to stop and think, the fuck does underfed mean? And then it takes me entirely too long to realize that that, that is the word underfed. So I do throw stones specifically at you, Alex, from my glass house, but at no one else. Listen, there, there are times where I just don't pronounce words right. And there are times where it's an accent thing. And that's all fine. I straight up said a Pokemon name instead of the fucking <laughs> word that it was. That's all very nice, Tim, but. <laughs> I appreciate what you're saying. I did say a Pokemon, though. There's a Pokemon named Executor. Yeah, it's it's from Execute. And then it's so Executor. He's in charge of the will after your parents die? <laughs> no, he's a bunch like of his... eggs that turns into a big palm tree. And there's. <laughs> There's an Alolan version, which is the same thing, but it's just really tall. <laughs> I have to show you this Pokemon now. The only reason I don't do this is because I don't know enough Pokemon names to do it. Listen, you will one day. Yeah, I know, I'm learning. His name is so hard to spell. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's a little haunted. It's a like a Florida Cerberus. Here's the, the Alolan version. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Let me show you what it evolves from, too, because it makes a no sense. That would be zero sense. It's goddamn it's eggs. Goddamn eggs. It's just literally. goddamn eggs. It's just goddamn oh, eggs. It is. It's one literally just cracked. Eggs. Actually, several of them are cracked. One of them is wide ass open. It, I guess its little eggy brain is hanging out. Yeah. This is upsetting. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> don't think about it too hard. And you battle with those. With eggs. With eggs. They can tackle. You have to sure. put them on a spoon and then ride your horse across the... <laughs> no, I, I just mean, we got spoons. 
We'll get a ponytail yeah. someday. Execute. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Have you guys seen the TikTok trend where parents are cracking eggs on their kids' heads? Why? I don't, I don't know. Uh, and it seems really mean. But it's just a bunch of videos of parents. Like They'll be like, honey, do you want to bake brownies? And it's like a little toddler that's like drooling. Like, of course, mommy. And then they take an egg and they crack it on their head. And the kid's always like crying because they're like, that hurt. What Why the... would you do that? That's some bean that dad is, shit. That is horrible. Yeah. That's what I thought. I don't know. I've not seen this trend and I hope I don't. Ew. Well, now we've said it out loud, so you will. I know. We've ruined yeah, your TikTok. No, I don't understand why you would do that. I don't either. I think that child has every right to punch his parent. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, they should wait, though, till they're older so there's more power behind the punch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just mark it on the little fridge and just be like, it's coming when I am it's this coming. tall. <laughs> you must be this tall to punch your mom. <laughs> what do you want to do when you grow up, Tommy? Punch my mom. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. It seems, it seems reasonable to me. If you crack an egg on your kid and your kid punches you, I'd be like, eh, you play stupid games, you know? Were we doing something? Yeah. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. This is... One of the chapters where this is like the very Tolkien-esque, it's 15 pages of description. I've tried to keep as much of it out as possible, <laughs> but it's it's a long one. Okay, so the mermen lead them on. They approach the city, which is encased in a bubble of water. The city water, Colosseum air, sharks, bubble. We'll get there. The mermen inexplicably swimming through the air with no bubble. Inside water bubble, humans breathing with no bubble, just in water. So they reach this barrier, and the mermen just like whoop, slip through, barely an indication of difference. They're good. First one to go through was Jaleel, who like put his hand through, testing it, and then eventually he put his head through, and then like he held his breath for as long as he could, but he couldn't hold it any longer. He breathed in, and he was totally fine. So he steps through. Everybody else follows, and only David's left on the outside of this barrier. And he's like, I just don't feel like drowning again. I just almost drowned like 10 minutes ago, and I don't feel like doing it again. So April, like, seeing his hesitation, comes back out and, like, offers her hand. And, like, her hair goes from all, like, floating around her to, like, just wet and limp. Like, she got totally, like, soaked. And she, like, holds out his hand, like, I'll help you, David. And he's like, I can't look weak. So he pushes past her, goes into the water, and just, like, runs in and holds his breath until he can't anymore. Then he breathes in the water, and he feels the water fill his lungs. Like, it's cold, it's different, but somehow he's still breathing. So now they're going after these mermen, who are even more powerful, swimming along, and they're having to do that stupid underwater moonwalk sort of thing, trying to keep up, and it's not going well. And Jaleel is, like, walking around going, but why are the roofs slanted? It doesn't rain here. We're underwater. How do they paint this shit? Because there's giant murals, including ones that they called erotic murals and explained nothing else. He's like, how they paint this underwater? How they do this? And everybody's like, Jaleel, stop trying to use logic. It's clearly not going to work. Anyways, they get them to the place where they're going to stay. It's like a normal looking room, but it is still underwater. And David's like, hey, bud, we breathe air, not water. So this merman like huffs, but then like snaps and the water is gone from the room and they all stand there completely soaking wet. They open the window because they're like, well, this is fucking weird. And they can see the water right there. They can pass their hand through it. It's all fucking buck wild. And Senna is like, it's magic. Don't you see? Ha ha. She's like dancing around, like waving her arms around, giggling like it's all magic. And April's like, yeah, she's just got like a weird magic boner. Ignore her. Then they check out the beds. 
inexplicably dry. Not wet at all. Beds, totally good to go. So, like, why couldn't they dry out their clothes? We don't know. But they don't. David is very upset about all this. He's like, I'm going to go take first watch. Even though he was the one taking watch on the boat, which was the only reason he was steering it, which is stupid. He is not doing this correctly. He walks out into the courtyard, sees the water a mile above his head, and he's like, how do you fight a god when his magic is the only thing sustaining you? Which was like kind of a hard line for like the end of that chapter. And this is what I was talking about. This is book three, Jaleel. Yeah. Where he's going around questioning everything, and they're all like, be quiet. Book 10 Jaleel isn't doing this anymore. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Book 10 Jaleel is like, how do I understand this world based on like, okay, so they transported the city here. So what does that mean in the broader scope of what's happening within the city? Right. Right. That's the, that's the Jaleel of book 10. Yeah. And nobody said what T.E. to him. Nobody did say what T.E. Yeah. I will say though, like for as fucking buck wild and bonkers as Everworld is this entire fucking bubble air water thing was way too convoluted it's just like pick one so yeah like pick yeah, be one. underwater it's like you can breathe underwater but you know you're like i want to be in the not underwater and then you look up and you're like man that's a lot of water what do i do if i'm in the water and yeah. i'm like you were just in the water a second ago like, you'd yeah. probably be safer there, even though you could still drown. At least the weight of the water wouldn't crush on you. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. And then the, 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 the mermen swimming in the air and then in the water. And then right. I'm like, just, yeah, make the whole thing underwater. Like, yeah. I don't understand why we're going back and forth here. Yeah. And, like, I don't understand why, like, sometimes bubbles, like, it's the same thing you're saying, but, like, why even have bubbles on the sharks if the mermen can swim through the air? Yeah. Like, why right. can't the sharks swim through the air? Yeah. Oh, what if the sharks came in and they, like, sprouted little, like, dog legs and then they just started walking <laughs> like little dogs? This is my like dream. pups? Like shark pups? Oh, shark pups! Because they're called pups. Yeah, it, it, it all seems super unnecessary. Like, they could have just yep. been underwater. Easily. You know what, though? I do realize that Jaleel is a lot smarter than me. Because at no point would I be, like, underwater, breathing underwater, and look out and be like, why are the roofs pitched? Yeah, it just wouldn't occur to me. Like, I could see that as being a thought that flitted through his mind if we were in his head. But, like, not necessarily something, like you said, not something yeah. he would share at this point in yeah in the series. And, like... I think the other part of that for me is like his second question was how did they paint underwater? My question would be like, how did they like how did they do? Do they have special paints or did they just move the water away, paint it, and then let the water back on? That's like, what I thought. Mm, I was like, yeah. the the beds are dry, so clearly they have that technology. They have the Dyson hand blower <laughs> technology. The circle, just the circle. <laughs> They're one of those portable fans that they just put down. They like clear the water away and then use magic just to have shitty blowing fans on like, <laughs> there's like 30 of them set up in an like area. Big, like metal ones. Yeah, yeah. And then every once in a while, like the, the power trips are like, oh, the magic circuit broke. Oh, <laughs> magic circuit. We go hit the, the magic breaker. Go to the magic box and just toggle that thing over a little. <laughs> the magic generator's acting up again. 
you go in and it's just exhaust fumes from this like Honda generator. <laughs> yep, that thing's smoking. How can you tell we're underwater? And then like the smoke <laughs> fills the air cube. Yeah. <laughs> you see that ball barrier filled with smoke? That's you can tell the generator's on the fritz again. <laughs> the Jenny. Go get Santa. We're going to have her jumpstart this bitch. <laughs> oh, yes. Go to get Santa for the Jenny. Generator. Yeah, this is it. This is the story we need is the, the like, really, really, like, southern, like, living on, like, the duck hunting property mermaids that are running the entire Atlantis through like really dicey generator means. What I want is the third shift maintenance crew. They have to work overnights because they don't have enough seniority to get the good shifts. <laughs> but then their whole conversation are like, hey, listen, down here, it's great working nights. You know why? We don't get sunlight from the surface. We're too deep. It's basically like working the day. No big deal. The guy walks in with his little tool belt. Generator's not on. He just takes a wrench and just slaps it with it. Everybody's like, "How does that work?" He's just like, "What de?" And then walks on. <laughs> yeah, this would all be a better situation than what we have going on. All their internet is what de Ethernet. That's what I'm going to think of. It's just what de products from now on. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like this a lot. Obviously, they're going to produce all the rifling on the barrels because that's. Yes, pure what yes. te technologies. <laughs> what technologies, as one might say. <laughs> Chatterjees. <laughs> you ship know. stuff weird. That's all I'm saying. That's a weird way to ship technology in what te. Shipping has <laughs> rules. <laughs> Acronyms are a young man's game. <laughs> And don't even get me started on Gen Z and their initialisms. Acronyms are a young man's game. <laughs> would you go as far as to say they're a YMG? Yep. Oh no, that would be an initialism, <laughs> damn it. Oh, I thought you were going for like a YMCA joke. <laughs> I thought so too. YMG. Young man. <laughs> Do you guys want me to get to the next chapter? Yes, please. Okay. I'm going to do these next two together because these this was my favorite <laughs> you part. the YMG It's a young man's game. It's a young man's game. That's what the A is for. Game. <laughs> I like to imagine now, just starting now, that acronyms have pronunciation guides within them. That's why you need the A. <laughs> it's a rising A on the game. Game. Okay, I'm going to do these next two chapters together because they were my favorites and they go together. And nothing else goes together. So, David swerves out of his lane. The driver that was just coming directly at him swerves out of the way and then flips him off as he speeds past. The sudden download from Everworld had caught him off guard and he reacted. As he looked up, he sees another driver and instantly recognizes her, though he didn't want to. It was the maid from the house where he threw up in the driveway all those books ago. The one that told him to close the portal. She pulled over and he's like, I want to drive past. I want to keep going. I never want to see her again. But he couldn't. He pulled over 50 yards ahead and cut the engine and waited. And waited and waited. But nothing happened. So he got out and made the walk back to her car. 
It's definitely her. As the window rolls down, he approaches, and he puts on his best Boy Scout smile before asking, are you having car trouble? And the woman's like, have you closed the portal yet, David? And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about this. And she's like, good job being cautious. Wait, nope, cautious. Come back to my place. And he's like, okay. And he follows her in the car, just all right. Uh, So he goes back to her house, and it's the house where they first met. They go up the winding driveway. The gate swings open, and David's like, it's technology, not magic. She leads him inside and is like, would you like some tea? And now her accent's gone, and he's like, she had an accent before. Now she doesn't. And David's like, wait a minute, you're not the maid at all. And he's like, no, I don't drink tea, because he was afraid that she was going to poison him. She makes herself tea, sits down at the table, and then he's like, I thought you were the maid. And then he's like, oh, shit, that was rude. And she's like, that's what you were supposed to think, David. I am Brigid. And she then transforms before. That's how it's said. I Googled it, Tim. Don't at me. Okay, okay. All right, all right. I Googled it to make sure. It's Brigid. Uh, She transforms before his very eyes, looking a lot like an older April, except then she also grew to seven feet tall. And David's like, oh, you're one of them. And she's like, yes, I am the goddess, Brigid. Then she gives a short story on herself. She's like, I am the child of Dagda, cursed to live between worlds, just like you, David. But don't feel sorry for me. And David's like, I never at any point felt sorry for you (laughs) at any point. And she's just like, it's okay. My feelings won't be hurt. And he's like, I don't care. She's like, I have the gift of prophecy. So I saw the witch in this world a long time ago. She used to have, or the goddess girl used to have her friends chase the witch and harry her until she took refuge in Everworld with Isis. And she had hoped that Isis would protect her because Isis is wise. I didn't see any evidence of that, but okay. As she's speaking, she shrinks back to normal human size and is looking a ton like April, like a lot. And she's like, did you stop Senna? Did you did you close the portal? And David's like, uh, no. And then she's like, well, you must. And David's like, well, how do I do that? And she's like, turn her over to Merlin or kill her if you must, but you have to close the portal. And David's like... No, Senna doesn't deserve that end. Senna doesn't deserve to be imprisoned. I love her. I'll protect her. She's the greatest. Blah, blah, blah. And when he turns after making this tirade to look at Brigid, she was gone. That's it. I was, this is the part. This is the part that I was super mad at. Yeah? Yes. I was so angry that this little bit had been dangling over us for so many books and then they chose to pay it off in a ghost-written book in a way that I was not at all satisfied with. I was like, this is this is basically meaningless. Like, yeah, she knew some stuff, but like, I don't know. I mean, I guess they could still do something with it later. I was, I was so like, excited well, to get to the payoff, though. I was like, this is I, amazing! Why? What did we get? She's Because Everworld has already leaked into this world. It's already too late. It's one one person, and she's half does. there, half here, just the same as they are. Same. I I, just, I didn't like it. I'm excited. <laughs> I was so if she, if she happy. If she comes back, like th- like there's still room to do stuff with it. But like I said, I just didn't like. I'm like, you couldn't get Michael to come write this one. I do fully you expect know? her to come back. Well, I will say that. I so, hope so. Th- the last book has like a red haired woman on it, and I thought that was April for a while, and I was like, ooh, what significance is this? But it might be Brigid. So, maybe they're just, this yeah. is another another piece to that puzzle and not the yeah. end of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, there's I, no I'd way be this much happier. Yeah. I don't know. She just like up and vanished, and I was like, well, what was that? That was, that was spooky. That was for effect, dramatic effect. You're spooky. 
Thank um, you. No, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't, I didn't dig it. But if I get it, uh, like, if this is just, like, step two of three, I might be okay. We'll see how it goes. I was just so excited she was back. I was like, I was literally like, this is the only thing in this book that I care about so far. Like, <laughs> that, I mean, that's going a little far. But like the mermaid world, I'm like, I'm getting a lot of description of what's going on there. And I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like, it's not my adventure. I'm not the audience for that. <laughs> but <laughs> this I really liked. I'm like, okay, now I'm, I, this is like an Everworld plot. And I'm very excited to be yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like it was stuffed into a ghostwritten book, though. Yeah, it was. Like, that's that's why I guess I didn't... Okay, and now you have to say now. something nice about Elise. Oh, yeah. Um, I uh, I really like the deception. I don't know Elise. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. Like, all I know about Elise is that she wrote the deception in this book. So I'm just going to have to keep defaulting to the fact that that was a very, very good book. And the, the Cheetah with the Garatrix book. I don't remember the cheetah with the Garatrix book. The Garatrix was the thing that was super fast. They had to get all the cheetah morphs to try and catch the Garatrix. Oh, no, I do remember that. I do remember that. Okay. Okay. It was an all right book. It wasn't yeah. as good as as the the boat the boat again with the boats. Get Do they the bring boats. Elise in when they need to know about boats and planes? She, I guess she's into boats. And she's planes. and planes. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Oh man, they really. Hmm. She she didn't include Quasibodo though. She did not include Quasibodo. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Judge Claude Fro boat. Is that anything? Yes. Okay. But it's also like it should be a frozen yogurt boat that goes around. <laughs> oh! The Froyo boat? The Froyo yes. boat. <laughs> Sinfully delicious. Anyways, that's nothing. What I said was nothing. <laughs> it's an advertisement for chocolate, I think. Got the chocolate, which is a vampire. Yeah, I've I can only do like two voices, and it's transatlantic man and vampire, and that's it. And Transylvania man. What happens when Transatlantic vampire... man? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. When vampire bites transatlantic man. Oh jeez. Well, I feel like that the accent isn't transferable from vampire bite. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I feel like it's not. It's not non-transferable. I don't know. You do this impression of. Pee-wee from Pee-wee's Playhouse that I've always thought was pretty spot on. Yeah, I do love that one. But we can't yeah. do that right now, Tim. It's too soon. Just, oh. It's in poor taste. Just like too much chocolate! <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I, I, no, I know that that is not a rule you live by because I heard what you said about the queen like six hours after she died. <laughs> That was such a good segue, though. I could have just messed it up. Immediately, immediately, they give me an outro where I have to read about royalty-free music, and it's like, well, the queen just died, so? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) This music is royalty-free, but then again, I guess we all are now. (laughs) That was a little soon. Her corpse wasn't even cold to the touch yet. <laughs> Is that like Canadian heresy? Yeah, yeah that's what I definitely. thought. Definitely. Is it really pronounced Brigid? Yeah, like, are you I making googled fun it. of me? No, okay. I googled it, and I even hit the play. So, because it had the pronunciation guide, which 
made it look like it was like brigood, but like when I hit the play yeah. button, it was it was brigid. Okay. Is that where the term brigadier comes from? That, I was thinking the same thing, but I was scared to ask. Google it. Brigadier general. There are not many great matches for my search. A thing I haven't seen from Google in a very long time. Yeah, there's wow. nothing. What the hell? I cracked the code. So, so brigade would be the word. But mm-hmm. does brigade come from? It's probably Latin or Googling stuff. Anonymous, anonymous. Ah, 17th century from French, the Italian brigata company or brigare contend from briga strife. So it's French and then Italian. Okay. Italian. Which has nothing to do with brigade. Just Celtic. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Europe. <laughs> what the E? Except the what E is for the, Europe. Europe? <laughs> we, just, we have to say what the E, but when the E applies to different words, we start with the E. <laughs> what the eggs? <laughs> what the adder? <laughs> oh, my body. <laughs> I will admit, I don't think Edder works without the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I trim it so they can walk. <laughs> Tips Casey's talking about words. <laughs> We're going to eventually have to publish an after show called Bits and Pieces where we just explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Don't do it. This is how we get roped into another podcast. <laughs> uh. Another chapter? Yeah. Another chapter to calm us down before we get riled up again. Okay, David woke back up in Everworld. He took the next watch less than halfway through Jaleel's shift simply because he couldn't sleep after all of this. He tried focusing on their predicament with Neptune, but found himself thinking back to Brigid only. He wondered if he could think of only situations that he could actually do something about, and that gave him a fit of giggles which apparently signaled to this drop-dead gorgeous Salma Hayek woman that it's food time. She's like, giggles? Sounds like breakfast. She brought in a platter of something and beer, which was gross. And after trying the food thing, David's like, so what are you guys up to in the real world? And Julio's like, I aced a chemistry test and was sanding the dining room floor. April's like, my family decided to get over Senna's disappearance, so we had a wake and called it good. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's what she I did. know. I know. Was, that, that's almost word for word how it was written in yeah, the book that too. Buck wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're like, it's been long enough. Call it off. <laughs> it's been two weeks. I've had enough. Anyways, they had a dinner party to mourn Santa's disappearance. Uh, and then Christopher's like, I had a terrible stomach flu and stayed at home to puke. And Jaleel's like, oh, also, one more thing. I was questioned by the police about the disappearance of Keith. And Christopher's like, oh, well, why didn't they ask me? And Jaleel's like, you're white. And, <laughs> like, the, literally, that's, yeah, that's the big that's... racist conversation in this book. Which I get. Um, anyways, Christopher's like, well... Cheers to Keith being gone. And they like toast with the beer. And that's when Christopher tries it and is like, ugh, beer, even I wouldn't drink. David at this point thinks he notices something on Senna's face, but then he's like, no, it's it's nothing. She doesn't know anything about this. 
when it's David's turn to recount what happened, he's like, oh, I, uh, I hung out, got into a fight with my mom's boyfriend, you know, normal teen stuff. And then he's like, so anyways, unrelated to what I just said, April, what do you know about Brigid? And April's like, I am five generations removed. How dare you? Just because I am a redhead. Also, I did read a book. She's the goddess of birth, life, and death. And that's all I know. Why do you ask? And David's like, no reason. And April's like, that's bullshit. But then is interrupted by summons to come entertain Neptune. That is the most Alex sentence ever. Whatever it was that was said is, you know, normal teen, teen stuff. Normal. Just doing what the normal, normal teens do. Teen Hanging out, getting into a fight with my mom's boyfriend. Normal teen stuff. That is not what would come before the sentence. Is, you know, normal teen stuff. Just asking waitresses if they are the person to whom which I could speak about <laughs> questions about this establishment. I needed to establish that that was the person that could answer my questions. <laughs> Think about how embarrassed you would be if you asked a random citizen for napkins, Tim. Excuse I me. Saved us all. Are you the person to whom, at this establishment, I would inquire about things? Are you a person to whom I can inquire about this establishment? <laughs> That's what it was. I don't know. It was a lot of words. It's hard. To, it's like the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> the Gettysburg Waitress. Yeah. Oh. All scored seven minutes ago. I walked into this restaurant. And three score and eight minutes ago, I spilled much sauce down my front. (laughs) (laughs) The the funny part is, is we all gave her shit so quickly that she couldn't ask the four more questions that she was going to get through. Did I get us napkins? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I like... I don't even know why I worry about anything because nothing will ever be like when you think you're having a normal human interaction and then you turn around to 15 people staring at you and you know you fucked up. I think you did a great job though with the two hour time limit. Like nobody, nobody saw you sneak off and morph back to Andalite and then come back out. If it's, I'm going to use a human tactic I've seen where instead of correcting my behavior, I'm going to take shots at incorrect behavior on others' parts. There was someone that said, I don't feel well. I feel very ill. What would you recommend? And that waiter said, I got you, and then did bring out a lobster roll for them. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. That's a choice. <laughs> it was. I don't even remember who it was. I just remember being like, ah, yes, that old stomach calming combination. (laughs) Cut to four minutes earlier when the boss was like, we're heavy on lobster rolls. Make sure you're pushing them out. Sure, explain their behavior, Tim. But mine, (laughs) inexplicable. (laughs) Okay, you guys ready for the last chapter here? (laughs) Yes. Cool. So they are led back to the Colosseum with the ridiculously slow underwater walks because they're in the city and they're doing that weird moonwalking thing until they get to the edge of the town. But the way is not clear for horse races now. No, instead, all around this Colosseum, there are many small stages set up and there's all sorts of spectacles. There were plays being put on between satyrs and nymphs and human jugglers that are dressed up in skirts and sandals that laced up to the knees. And they were performing in a bubble which is necessary to juggle because of air and gravity and shit. 
Anyways, they lead them to an empty stage, and the merfolk were like, wait here until Neptune calls on you to entertain him. But they all turn because there's this cry of pure emotion, and Neptune is on his feet, pointing at the juggler, and he's like, you drop something! Which is a horrible offense here. And he's like, I demand the juggler be killed! Juggler should never drop anything! And then he's like, wait, no, I'm going to kill the juggler. We then proceed to watch... Neptune create a bubble specifically around the juggler of unbreathable water and fill it from the bottom up. So the guy's like running, panicking, freaking out. And this is just slowly filling up with water. So it's eventually going to drown him. And he even tries jumping at the end, which doesn't fucking work. Eventually the water gets up to his mouth and they all watch as he just slowly drowns like in front of everybody. And then he dies and Neptune's like, great, clear the body. Nobody is pumped. Everybody is dead quiet. They're like, this is fucking awful. And so Neptune turns to all of the kids and is like, all right, perform for me, minstrels. And everybody's like, hey, Christopher, you're up. And Christopher's like, no, come on, seriously? And they're like, yep, you're up. And so he begins a very Neptune-centric worship version of Hit Me Baby one more time. And Jaleel says, we're all dead. And that is where... Tyrant Alex decided that we should stop reading the book. I stand She's by it. She's a monster. <laughs> I stand by it. I stand by everything yeah. I've done here today. <laughs> I will. I. I think. I think. I might have tipped my hand on how I feel about this book so far, but I will reserve total judgment until <laughs> the end of the book. All right. Any more thoughts about this book? T H O T. No. Yeah, we kind of laid it all out there early. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got going too quick. <laughs> we were just so excited. Uh, I'll have to hold back a little bit next time. Never. <laughs> no. Nah. Leave it all on the table. <laughs> Take us out. Like, like Neptune took out that guy with the water bubble. Or the trident, slightly yeah. earlier. Yeah. Or the sharks. All right, if you are Elise and you take umbrage with anything we've said, email us <laughs> at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Or like us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club. Or find us on Twitter at Animorphs Anon or Apple Grant Book, Apple Grant Cast. There we go. Or find us on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Cast. You know, if Elise actually emails you, do you realize how quick I would jump sides and become Team Elise and just be like, I can't believe you two were talking about her like that. <laughs> like, I, I cannot be trusted. That's all I'm saying. First of all, same. Also, I'm already Team Elise because, like... Book 45 was so good. She wrote Book 45. It was so fucking... I would literally be like, hey, listen, I know that Everworld one wasn't great. Go back, listen to us talk about Book 45. Also, please sit down and talk to me about how you wrote Book 45. It was so fucking good. That... Yeah. Oh, the guy in the Navy that died, like, right after... Oh, my God. Donating their bodies to the war because that's what they would want. I'm like... Oh my god, it's so good. Okay, spoilers, I guess, if you haven't listened to any one of our podcasts about <laughs> 45 of Animorphs. So good. Yeah, we'd have to read book 45 and then get Elise on the podcast and go on. So Elise, email me. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> if you're Elise, you could also come to our Discord server and talk about book 45 with us. And uh, if you want the link to that, hit us up on any of our socials. We'll we'll hook you up to that delightful environment. So, but Casey, 
Yeah. What what if Elise doesn't want to talk to people and wants to instead put some pictures and words in her eyes? This is my personal dream to do everything you just said. Um, And I'm happy to provide that service for other people in the form of a webcomic that I make and draw. It's called B-Side You. You can read it for free at bsideyoucomic.com. You can read it for free on Tapas and Webtoons. You can become a super neat person. Listen, we've been talking about Patreon a lot throughout this episode. Various Patreons, which you should all subscribe to immediately. Um, And, you know, if you have a little extra, you know from after you've subscribed to DNDB Patreon and Horse Girls Patreon, which go do that first. First priority, go do that. Um, if you have a little extra, you can come to my Patreon and help me support making the comic. That's at patreon.com slash kcdstudios. You can get early access pages and work in progress pages and some other stuff. Yay! I, you have enough. Like, she's, she's being humble. You have enough. You just need to... <laughs> redistribute how you're giving it out if you think you don't have enough you have enough uh, god god you need to redistribute the wealth put me in your budget <laughs> okay let's make it clear what the budget is it is how many dollars a month i have a one dollar tier and a five dollar tier yeah and also one dollar a month you could make casey a line item on your budget how fun does that sound? It actually sounds really fun. <laughs> Genuinely sounds great. <laughs> I can't wait to have my meeting at the end of the year with my CPA where they go, and what is this line item, Casey? <laughs> it's my Casey budget. I see you've spent $12 this year on Casey. That's too low to claim. And I'm going to be like, you fucking claim that. $12 a year. What a value. That is unreal. What's that per day, Tim? Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> I don't Alex- know, like three cents or something. I don't know. If Alex Who had asked tell? me that question, I would have immediately have started sweating and painting. <laughs> <laughs> and you were just like, Not a lot. So fucking smooth. So cool under pressure. <laughs> All I'm saying is those early access pages for $12 a year. A year. $12 a year. Yeah, I was about to say, you. that's one less trip to Taco Bell every year. <laughs> For early access pages all year long. <laughs> if you Taco printed Bell. five less pages per year at the local <laughs> library. That's like four sodas at the grocery store. A year. That is a coffee for you and your significant person that you've invited to have coffee with you at Starbucks per year. That person doesn't even have to be significant. They don't. In fact, you know what? They're so insignificant. Uninvite them and spend that on Casey's Patreon. Right? (laughs) Go to Starbucks, order coffee, write on napkin. Thanks for helping me subscribe to the Casey Patreon. The Casey-on. I don't know. I'll work on that one, too. I like Casey-on. It's like a Pantheon, but Casey. I was thinking it was like Flareon. Yeah, it's like an Eevee evolution. Yeah. Speaking of which, Tim, what other podcasts are we all on? And are you on and various uh, forms of us? 
We are all on Late Starters, uh, Pokemon TTRPG podcast. We are all on Hearst Girls, which is behind a paywall. You have to go to that Horse Girls Patreon that we talked about before. It's okay. Just plan out. You can you can afford all three. You can afford all three. You can do it. Um, I think that's all the ones that we're all on. What are the ones that some of us are on? Surprise Attack Book Club is one that some of us are on. I'm forgetting some of them. Alex has like, she does like 90% of them, so... I usually just let her go, and then I pick up the one or two that she doesn't do. That's pretty much how I sign up for podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm going to be... Oh, Alex is on it already. Hey, I'm going to... Oh, Alex is on it already. You know what I do is I agree to do podcasts, and I say, and this is my emotional support, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no pets. No pets. He's my service, Tim. That sounds so wrong. <laughs> I love seeing the look on somebody's face when they realize, like, mid-phrase, that they're like, nope. <laughs> but I committed to finishing the sentence and then saying I had fucked up. I was too far. <laughs> Jesus. Dungeons and Draken beams. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got? What else is there? There's this one. There's Animorphs Anonymous. Yep. Yeah. On this one. There's Horse Girls. Yeah. Surprise Act Book Club, we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Dungeons, Drake, and Beams, mentioned. Mm-hmm. Late Starters, mm-hmm. mentioned. Late Starters, we mentioned. I think we got them all. And we are. Listen, I don't want to correct too much, but I will say there is another place that we are all on again, and that is behind the Dungeons of Drake and Beams paywall. So That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. We live there, too. Yep. Spend all your money at the Patreon. See, the only reason that Alex likes this website, uh, which is, hold on. She's holding it up right now. I should be able to. It's linktr.e slash join the clubs. Plural. Clubs. It's clubs. And that's the only reason Alex likes it is because that, that dot is in the middle of the word tree. Cheddar cheese. Yeah, everybody was like, get a bit.ly. And I was like, no, what about a linktree? <laughs> it should have been what t linktree. Oh. Mm. Now it is. 